think that's it. Well, good evening, everyone. I haven't preached in a long time in Oxford, but um, I've been elsewhere. I've been preaching. But let's turn our Bibles to 1 Peter chapter number 2 this evening. I'm going to be jumping around Scripture, so we won't stay there. But uh, as I've been reading the Scriptures this week, God has put it on my heart to... um, Yeah, just a thought came to my mind as I was reading through the Word. And it's found in chapter number 2, verse number 9 of 1 Peter. For a bit of context, we're not going to stay in Peter, but just for a bit of context, Peter, uh, 1 Peter is addressed to the Gentile Christians that are under heavy persecution um, from the Roman government. They were under uh, great trial and tribulation. You can see in chapter number 1, verse 1, Peter says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers, that's the Gentiles, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia. So this is these are regions found, um, provinces found in Turkey, uh, Asia Minor as, that, as it's called. And this is a, we know that the world is very dark, very dark. You you can just go out the tent today and you can just walk around the street of Oxford. You can see that there's darkness everywhere. And so this this thought came to my mind as I was reading Peter, and it's found in verse number nine. Let's look what it says. The Bible says in verse number 9, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. This evening, I just want to take that phrase that the Lord has dealt with me about, out of darkness and into his marvelous light. As Christians this evening, we don't dwell in darkness what does darkness mean? Darkness is anything where God isn't. God does not dwell in darkness. He's not the God of the dead. He's not God of darkness, but he's God of light. He has come to give light into this world. Seth was preaching this morning about the bread of life. He is, it's one of the I am statements. I am the light of the world. And this, this, all of our beginnings starts in darkness. Every one of us, before we were born again into, into God's kingdom, we were all in darkness, every one of us. So this is where salvation begins. This evening, if you're not saved, can I tell you politely, and if you're watching on the live stream, can I tell you that if you're not saved, you're living in disobedience toward God, as kindly as I can put it, in verse 7 of the chapter, it says, Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious, right? To every one of us that believe, he's precious. But to those that be disobedient... The stone which the builders disallowed, the same has been made the head of the corner. That's Christ. Disallowed means to reject. The builders at Israel, they've rejected Christ. And can I tell you, if you're rejecting Jesus this evening, if you're, let's say, you might be pretending to be a Christian, can I say you're living in disobedience? Maybe you don't have an opinion. Perhaps this evening you're thinking to yourself, I don't know, you don't even have, you're just sitting on the fence. You're just coming because you like, the church atmosphere. Well, can I tell you, if you do not believe Jesus as Savior this evening, you're living in darkness. And God wants to save you and bring you into his marvelous light. Not just any old light, marvelous light. It's, it's his gospel message. The Bible says, in, if you turn with me to Ezekiel, I'm moving to Ezekiel now. Ezekiel chapter 16. You don't, well, you don't have to turn there, but I, I'll turn there for you. Ezekiel chapter 16. The Bible says a wonderful passage of scripture 
Ezekiel is prophesying and giving the word of God to Jerusalem. Jerusalem, this is when Jerusalem was um, in her sins. The Bible says in verse number 1 of chapter 16 of Ezekiel, it says, Again the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, cause Jerusalem to know her abomination. Son of man, as, uh, as Ezekiel is referred to throughout this book, there's only one son of man, which is Jesus. It says, cause Jerusalem to know her abominations. That's the first step of being saved. The first step to know God as your Savior is you must know you have sinned against Him. Every one of us, we've throughout our life, we may have wronged people. Perhaps we've gone to court for different things. I don't know what we've done. But all of our sins and all of our wrongdoings, can I tell you, they're all against the Holy God. Most of us here, most of us are saved and we would know that. But to, can I tell you, if you're not saved, this is the first thing you must recognize. In chapter, in verse number three, excuse me, it says, And say, Thus saith the Lord God unto Jerusalem, Thy birth and thy nativity is of the land of Canaan, thy father was an Amorite, and thy mother a Hittite. And as for thy nativity in the day when thou wast born, thy navel was not cut, neither was thou washed in water to supple thee, thou was not salted at all, thou was not swaddled at all. No safety, no comfort, they were, they were not profitable, no salt. The navel means to have their, when, when, a, when, you, when a woman gives birth, they cut the umbilical cord. That means no one there to look after them. There's no one there to give them any rest or any help. This is, what it, this is what happens before you're saved. Can I tell you, if you're running to a system of theology or perhaps you're running to a, a way, a, a, some kind of thinking process or, I don't know, trying to find something in yourself, can I tell you, you're never, ever going to find comfort and safety and peace anywhere else but the blood of Jesus. Look what the Bible says in verse number 6. Just jump down quickly. It says here, and when I passed by you, that's God. When God passed Jerusalem in her sins, the Bible, the Bible says, God saw thee polluted. I saw thee polluted in thy sin, in thine own blood, excuse me. And said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. Isn't that amazing this evening? God is telling you, if you are in your sins, and God is looking at you polluted in your own sins, your own ways, God is telling you not to stay, not to stay there, not to say... You're condemned forever, separated from me in darkness. No, the Bible says, Jesus says, live. Look what it says there in verse 6. Live, yea, I said unto thee when, I, when thou wast in thy blood. Live. So this evening, God says to you twice, live, live. God, if, if God is coming past here, this, this tent this evening, and he wants you to live, he's called you to come to his light and to believe on him. Look what it carried, jumped down to verse 8 of the, of the chapter. It says, the Bible says, Now when I passed by thee, and I looked upon thee, and behold, thy time was a time of love. God loves you this evening. He wants to come and rescue you from your sins. And I spread my skirt over thee. And look what it says. And covered thy nakedness, thy shame. That's your shame, that's your sins. And covered thy nakedness, and swear, and I swear unto thee, and entered into a covenant with thee, and saith the Lord God. And thou becamest mine. That's the wonderful thing. If you come to know Jesus as Savior this evening, can I tell you, you become His. You enter into His marvelous light. You no longer can have the light is on and you can see properly. God is calling you this evening to come to Him and He'll thoroughly purge you. Look what it says in verse 9. It says, Then washed I thee with water, yea, 
I thoroughly washed away thy blood from thee, and I anointed thee with oil. Isn't that wonderful that God doesn't do a half work? When you come to know Jesus the Savior, when I, when I became born again, God didn't just do a half work in me. When, God, when I came to God, he thoroughly washed my sins away, thoroughly changed me. Yes, I still have that tendency because I've still got an old nature, I've still got the old man, and we still have a, a nature to do wrong. But when I came to God, he thoroughly changed me and created in me a new heart. And God wants to do the same this evening to you that do not believe. He wants you to come to his marvelous light. Perhaps this evening, if you're watching the live stream or something here this evening and you think you can get to God by your, your conduct, your, the way you live or keeping of, of the moral law, perhaps trying to you know, give to charity. Can I tell you, you can never ever get to God by these means. We often as Christians get into that problem. We think when, as Christians, each day if I wake up and we do our daily business, read the word of God and perhaps we preach, a, uh, preach to the lost, we think that that gives us favor with God. Nothing gives us favor with God but Jesus Christ alone. We can only get favor of God because of what Jesus did, not because of what we have ever done. And if you, if you try to get to God through your own means, my friends, you, you'll, you'll be sadly mistaken. That will lead you into hell. That will lead you permanently separated from God. In Hebrews, the Hebrews, um, the book of Hebrews is addressed to the Hebrews. And Paul was dealing with, we believe it's Paul writing uh, to the Hebrews. And he's addressing the problem that they have with trying to get to God through keeping up the law, the sacrificial system, you know, by killing a bull or a goat. And God calls it dead works in that book. In chapter number 9, verse 14, he says, it's dead works. You cannot get to God but by resting in the blood of Jesus. Else, my friends, you're still abiding in darkness. So what's the reason then? Why do people stay in darkness? Because you see the majority of the world, when we go out there, we preach the gospel. To Have you ever been there when you preach the gospel, you give a tract to someone and they just throw it back in your face? You know, they may say a few swear words or... They, they reject the message. Why is this? Well, I believe we can find one of the answers found in, in John chapter 3. I can read it. John chapter 3. It says in verse 18 and 19 of, the, of John chapter 3, the Bible says, He that believeth on him is not condemned. He's come to that marvelous light. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Not that you will, will one day become condemned, you're already condemned. You're already in darkness. This is where salvation begins. Because you're already condemned. Because he hath not believed on the only begotten Son of God, right? And then it says in verse 19, And this is condemnation, the reason people are separated from God. That light is coming to the world. That's, that's Christ and his gospel, okay? And men have loved darkness rather than light. Why? Because their deeds were evil. The reason people stay in their sins is because they just love their flesh too much, right? When I first became a Christian, it was, it was a process. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He saved me. But there was a process of then now leaving behind the sins I used to do because I loved them. I used to love drink and I used to love pleasures and the things of the world. And it's a process. But this is why people do not love the light because their deeds are evil. It says in verse 20, For everyone that 
that doeth evil hateth the light. Neither cometh to the light. People don't want that light. They say, no, I don't want it. I love my sins too much. I love pleasure. Lest their deeds should be reproved. The reason people don't come and stay in that darkness and separation from God is because they don't want their deeds to be reproved. They don't want to have to account to God and say, yes, Lord, I'm wrong. I know I'm accountable. My sins are toward you. And they just want to stay in that, that, that evil deed. So this evening, if you are lost and you uh, uh, enjoy your sins and you want to stay in that darkness, can I tell you, it's just for a season. It's only for a season. You may think, who is this man standing up here? Just, uh, you know, yapping on. Can I tell you, you won't be yapping. I won't, you won't be worried about how, what I say when you stand before God one day and you're speechless because you said, rejected the message once again. Because, you're, because you enjoyed the pleasures of sin for just a season. We must come to Jesus while we have light. Light is given this evening. Will you, re- will you reject the light or will you come to the light of Christ? In Ephesians 4.18, the Bible says that the, if you stay in your sins for so long, you become worse and worse. Your mind becomes worse. Your, your heart becomes worse. It becomes more hardened, doesn't it? You become you're more alienated from, from grace. We must come to Jesus while we have light. Else there will be a point where God says enough's enough. You stay in your sin for too long. But if you hear God's voice this evening, do not reject it. Come to Jesus while you have the light. A wonderful story, um, a true story, uh, Francis Crosby. Anyone know Francis Crosby? Uh, a lady, I love, the, I, um, I love, I admire her work. She was a hymn writer of the 1800s and she had good friends with D.L. Moody and R.E.D. Sankey. And she wrote over 10,000 hymns in her blind condition. She was blind from uh, an early age. And she's probably one of the most well-known hymn writers. We sing her hymns all the time. And as she was, um, as she was writing a hymn one evening, she went to a gospel convention one evening. And as she was there, she overheard, as she could hear, overheard a young man coming in. A young man came in from his workplace. He was a miner of profession, working in the mines. And he came in to hear the gospel one evening. And she recounts what happens. This man, as, as the preacher is pre- as preaching the sermon, the gospel, this man waves up his hands and says, I need to get saved. I need to get saved. And the preacher said to the young gentleman, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with it afterwards. Let me just finish and we'll deal with it afterwards. This man said, no, I don't have time for afterwards. I may not have another hour. And can I tell you, that preacher agreed, man, led the man to the Lord. He believed on the Lord Jesus Christ knew the way of salvation, but probably, I don't know how, how long later, probably 12 hours later, the man went back to work in the tunnels. And as he was in those tunnels, an explosion happened and he was killed. Killed. That was it. His, his life was gone. Had he not received Christ that evening, my friends, can I tell you, that man would be in hell today because he would have rejected that light. But when he heard the gospel, he responded to the gospel the right way. He believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and was saved. I'm, God forbid that any would die this evening. Perhaps you're listening on the live stream and um, I don't know how long we have left. But if you do not, if you say you think you have another day to live and you may say tomorrow, tomorrow, can I tell you, you may be like that man. God forbid it would happen. You may, your life may be ended this evening. But, can, but believe on the Lord Jesus Christ while you have the light. 
Light is only going to give you for a so amount, so, such amount of time until it's gone and you're in hell forever. Can I tell you there are many millions and millions of people in hell today, which is a very sad and, and obscure thought. Many people crying out and wishing they obeyed the light when they had it. If there is all hope joined to the living this evening, if you can hear the vo my voice this evening, believe on Jesus Christ while you have the time. I'm repeating, I'm repeating because it's urgent. This is a matter of urgency. Even as Christians, we ought to be urgent with this message. So if you're not saved, believe on Jesus Christ. And now I appeal to us Christians, if we are saved this evening, and you have come to the light, and you are in his light this evening, we don't just stop there. It doesn't just stop there. It, we, we must move forward. Look what it says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. Ephesians 5, chapter 5, verse 8, the Bible says, For ye were sometimes darkness, that's to the believer, right? But now are ye light in the Lord. Okay, you're light in the Lord, you're saved. Walk as children of the light. So now there's a new, another step to a Christian. We must be walking as children of the light. So what does it mean to walk as children of the light? I believe it's a sanctification process. Let's have a look at Ephesians 5. Just jump down with me to verse 11 of the chapter. The Bible says in verse 11, I believe this is the first step of in order to walk as children of the light, having no fellowship with the unfruitful, that's a key word there, unfruitful works of darkness, where you came from, but rather reprove them. Fellowship means to have close company with, right? You have when, you, when you're with someone, you're having close company, you're close to someone. Now, as Christians, yes, we might have old friends that do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we, have come, we, we go to workplaces and we have probably friends there that are not saved. But can I tell you, if you're fellowshipping with those people and they're not saved, then can I tell you there's an error there. We ought, we ought not to be fellowshipping with the lost. We ought to be bringing them to Jesus, not just dabbling in their sins. Yes, we, we spend time with them and we can sit with them. But fellowshipping in the way that would mean you join them in their darkness. You join them in your old ways. That is not walking in the light. You must be a light to them, so when they look at you, they see the light of Jesus in you. So that's what it means to have no fellowship, walking in your old ways. Okay, this is this is a way. This is having, uh, being walking in His light as children of the light. Look what it says in verse ten of the chapter. It says, "Proving what is acceptable with the Lord." As Christians, we have a duty to prove what is acceptable with God. That means. We go to God with everything that we endeavor to do. Okay? What would be acceptable with God? We often think it's choosing between the good and the bad. But no, my friends, can I tell you, it's choosing between the good and the best. What's better than good? This is what how to walk as children of the light. Let's carry on reading. Look what it says in verse 15 of the chapter. It says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. So what does that mean, circumspectly? It means to live wisely, morally, and cautiously, and not and in a world that's filled with dangers, deceptions, and temptations. Cautiously. Cautious to stay alert. Oftentimes we think we, we sort of sleep, don't we? We sort of just have a little bit of a break sometimes. Maybe we'll pick up the word of God later on. It's never acceptable 
to sleep as a Christian. We've got to be up. We've got to be walking cautiously. That means to carefully consider your walk. This is how to walk as children of the light. We carefully consider where we're walking. Are you considering where you're walking this evening? Uh, I've been saved for since 2013. I'm no great at maths, so please forgive me. But for that long, I think it's about a decade. It is a decade. Um, <laughs> and it's been a struggle. It's been, it's been a learning process. You know, I've had to, you know, I've been, uh, you know, walking circumspectly, circumspectly, excuse me, is to walk narrowly. That means if you walk wherever you want to go, you'll be walking in the ditch. And many times I've walked into ditches. I've walked in muddy field because I've not thought about proving what's acceptable with the Lord. But this is what we are called to do as Christians. The Bible says in 1 John 2 verse 6, Jesus says, He saith, sorry, he that saith, he, he abideth in him, ought also to walk as he walked. Right? That's just common sense. If you say you walk with Jesus, you must study Christ in prayer and his word. How did Jesus walk in the Bible? This is how we ought to walk. In The Bible says in Matthew Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, it says we ought to walk perfectly before our God. Yes, you may be thinking, oh, maybe I'm preaching a um, so, uh, sinner's perfection gospel. I'm not preaching that. I'm not preaching that, where we could be perfect on this earth. I know we can't. We have a, 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 a sin nature. We have two natures, the old man, the new man. Of course, until the day we w we're with the Lord and we're given our resurrected bodies. But that does not give us an excuse to walk disorderly. We are called to walk perfectly, walk rightly before our God. Look what it says in verse 3 of this chapter, of chapter number 5 of Ephesians. It says, But fornication and uncleanness and covetousness, let it not want be, sorry, let not it, bleh, I'm speaking all goobity goo, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. If you're a saint, if you're saved this evening, these, ought, these things ought not to be named among you as, as becometh the children of God. It would be foolish. Look what it says in verse 4. carries on. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are incon not convenient, excuse me, but rather giving of thanks. This is a way to walk as children of the light. So what is the consequences of not walking in his light? There are consequences, right? For everything, there's a consequence. God makes consequences. Look what it says. I'm, I'm jumping around scripture. I suppose that is a good thing. But 1 John 1. 1 John 1. You're going to know your Bibles really well tonight. 1 John 1. Verse 6 and 7. The Bible says in 1 John 1 verse 6 and 7. Look what it says. If we say that we have fellowship with him. There's that fellowship. Close company with him. Okay. And walk in darkness as we've just stated, we lie and do not the truth. There it is. Very simple. Very simple words. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to God. If you think you're walking with him, if you're a serious Christian tonight and you're seriously minded about God and you want fellowship with him and you're walking in darkness disorderly, please do not lie to yourself any longer and to God that you're, you're walking with him. You are not walking with him properly. The Bible says... Look what it says in verse 7. It says, but if we walk in the light, okay, walking as children of the light, 
as he is in the light, as Christ, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all our sin. You see, light and darkness do not mix. There's a scientific fact. Light and darkness do not mix. When the sun comes up, there's no darkness. When the sun goes down, there's darkness. Simple thought, right? So if you want to walk with Christ, walk in the light, else you're going to hinder your walk with him. Most Christians do not have fellowship with God. They only have fellowship with each other about God. That's the difference. We often like to speak to each other and say, yeah, we love to have fellowship with God, and wow, but we ought to be having real fellowship with him. We ought to be spending time with him in fellowship, in prayer. So to summarize so far, if you're not a Christian this evening, come to his marvelous light. It all starts with coming to his marvelous light. And if you are a Christian, we ought to be walking as children of the light. Sanctification. That brings me to my next point. We realize there's another step. We ought to be identifying with him. From identifying with the world to identifying with Christ. What does identify mean? Represent, right? You identify, you say, I'm with this person, I'm with that man, I'm with that woman. This is, how, this is, how, this is what we ought to do next. Most of us don't like to do that. If we, wherever we go, if we're going shopping, or if we're going in the streets, uh, sh uh, doing our daily business, we often don't speak of Christ because sometimes we're like, well, what will that person think of us if we speak of Jesus? But that's not how we ought to identify with him. We have to be bold. The righteous, the righteous are as bold as lions. The first step, I believe, of identifying with him is you must understand that you are complete in him. Colossians 2.10 says you are complete in him, which is the head of the body, right? You don't... Uh, complete means to have all necessary parts. That means you don't need to look at a celebrity. Most teenagers have an identity problem these days. They like to try and find their identity in a person, in a particular person or a fashion. I don't know, they're trying to keep up with the Joneses. Their identity is in that or a sport. Can I tell you, it's own, uh, your identity can only be found in Jesus. You've got to know that you're complete in him. He has everything you need. You don't need to run to an, a system. But God is all you need. No longer to be filled with self. From self set free, right? This is, how we, this is as Christians, how we ought to live. We're called to identify in him by presenting ourselves a living sacrifice. Romans 12.1, when, when Paul was talking to the Roman church, what did he say? He says, we present ourselves a living sacrifice. That means every single day we live, we present God. We, every Christian is called to present ourselves with God and say, what would you have me do today? This is a way to identify with him. No longer to be filled with self. That word, it, that word found in, in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20 says we're ambassadors of him, which means a representative. When people see you, they ought to see Jesus, right? We often, we often um, stumble at that. We ought, to be, uh, we ought to be good representations of Jesus because the world is seeing us. People see us as mad. They think we're lunatics because they see what... Uh, us one way in a church and then they see us identifying as a different way in the uh, when we go to our workplaces or schools but can i tell you this is not how we ought to live we ought to identify properly with jesus and his word we identify with his gospel message this can be difficult for us christians you know 
We are, we are called, every one of us is called to give the gospel. You are, we don't have segregation. We don't have, some people give the gospel, some people don't. The women don't give the gospel, the men do. No, every saint is called to give the gospel. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 16, you can read it in, your late, in a later time, but it says, Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. If our gospel be hid, how are they here? We are meant, they will not be saved if our gospel is hid. We have a mission to identify with his word, with his gospel, and judgment unto us if we do not preach it. Can I tell you, God will question why you did not give his gospel message. It is light. God has come a light into the world to save those which are lost. The gospel is light. You don't put a candle under a bushel, do you? You put it under a candlestick so people can see it, so it lights the room. Very simple words that Jesus spoke. But oftentimes we, we don't, we don't act, we don't act upon it. We don't, we, we, we're not showing our lights, but we are light in the Lord. My friends, are you light in the Lord this evening? Hudson Taylor said the Great Commission isn't an option to be considered, but a command to be obeyed. It's not something we go and consider and we sit down and contemplate whether we'll give the gospel. No, it's something that we ought to do. That's found in Mark chapter 16, that great commission chapter, to give the gospel to every living creature. But with that will come reproaches. You know, some of us are called to identify with the reproaches of Christ. In Hebrews 13, I can turn, you don't have to. Hebrews 13, verse 11 to 13, I found a great verse the other day. The Bible says, let's go from verse 11, yeah? It says this in Hebrews 13, verse 11. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. So in the Old Testament, when they burnt, sacrificed toward God, it would be outside the camp. It would never be in the camp, okay? And Jesus, look what it says in verse 12. Wherefore, Jesus also, he, he is the perpetuation for our sins. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. That's Christ's blood alone. Look what it says in verse 12. Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, praise the Lord Jesus, suffered without the, ga without the camp, excuse me, suffered without the camp outside. Let us go therefore unto him without the camp bearing his reproach. So we must identify with his reproaches. If you go to Jesus, can I tell you, the world will hate you. The world's going to say all manner of evil falsely. Reproach means a cause of blame or some kind of, some kind of disgrace for no, for, for something. But God is blameless. God is blameless. We ought to not just believe on him. I think that's found in the scripture. I can't remember the text, but it says it's not just been given us to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer for his sake. We ought to be suffering for him too. That's a way to identify with him. And by doing that, by having, will be given the gospel, that's what's going to happen, the result to a disobedient world. I'm coming to the end now, but let's just, let's just um, read these final verses. You can look back at this and you can pause if you want to look at the verses. But the Bible says in Psalm 149, 149, there's just so much in the scripture about it, about uh, the judgment, about light, and about about uh, identity in God. But look what it says in Psalm 149, verse 5 and 9. 
My wife found this the other day. I thought it was amazing. I just had to add it. But the Bible says in verse, verse number five of 149, what it says, and we'll just, we'll just read it to the end. The Bible says, let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praise of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword, the Bible, in their hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. Look what it says in verse 9. To execute upon them the judgment written. This is what we're called to do. All saints. Look what it says. This honor hath all saints. There it is. All, every one of us is called to preach that judgment coming. Praise ye the Lord. If we don't, can I tell you, you're hindering light to people. People are going to a real hell. They'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Outer darkness forever. We have light. And can I tell you, look what it says in verse 9. This honor hath the saints. We often think it's a hard duty to give the gospel at times, but it is an honor and privilege to preach of that judgment. We have to have a different mindset this evening. We have to realize that judgment is coming, and we have to warn people of that judgment. My grandmother was a, a one, she's she passed away, she's with the Lord now, uh, she passed away this year, but she was a wonderful Christian. You know why? Because she didn't just talk the talk, she walked it. I'm here today in this church because of my grandmother. Because when I went there, she was light to me. I went there every Saturday with my family. And uh, spending time there, she would not speak of anything else but God. <laughs> and, you know, as a teenager, you, you just listen to it again and again. And it didn't, it was not just words to her. It was real. And I saw the light in my grandmother. I saw that light. She bare witness of that light. And because of that, I'm here today in the light of Christ because she bore witness of it. And I'm not, and praise God, I've escaped that judgment because she bore witness of that light. And I'm saved today by the blood of Jesus Christ because of her. And also my family, my mother and father are Christians and they brought me up too, but it, I was a, I was a rough child. But God wants to save you. And believe it, if you do not come to know Jesus as Savior this evening, you will get, you will spend eternity in a dark place. And God wants to save you. But as Christians, we ought to walk as children of light, okay? And we ought to identify in His light. I'll leave you with this one verse. Lots of verses. But this one verse, I won't expand on it, but I'll just leave it and then we'll have a pray. The Bible says in John 12, verse 46, Jesus says this, a wonderful verse. I might have to explain. I, don't. I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth in me should not abide in darkness. And that's why, why Jesus has come. That we don't have to abide in, in a place of no light. He's come to reveal it, to reprove us, to bring us out that we may be his children. So today, if you're not saved, repent and believe the gospel because he wants to save you. It's not a hard gospel. It's, it's a simple message. Uh, we have a complex God, of course. He's a consuming fire, as we find in Hebrews. It has its states in Hebrews, but he is a complex God, but with a very simple and wonderful message. Just believe on Jesus Christ. 
and ask him to save you from your sins, and he will do it. Like Seth said this evening, uh, this morning, he said, all those in chapter 6 of John that come to me, I will no wise cast out. So let's believe on Jesus Christ this evening, and let's just have a pray, and uh, ask the Lord to seal these things in our hearts, and then we'll um, close in a hymn. Let's pray. Father in heaven, God, we praise you this evening, God, for oh, just a wonderful God that you are, that you are light. You've come to bear, to, to bear witness of the light, Lord, and that we may bear witness of the light. I love what you said, Lord, that you said you are the light of the world, and now you send us as lights in the world. We are lights, God, but help us to understand that more clearly, that people are going to a sinner's hell, and that people are going to spend outer darkness away from God if they do not come to know Jesus, if they do not come to know you, God. But let us have urgency in our heart this evening. Lord, I may be a someone that rambles on, someone that isn't, uh, you know, a nobody, but God, can I tell you that you are a somebody. You are who they need. They do not need me. They do not need a man, a woman, a child. They do not need anyone but God in heaven. And I pray that people would understand that this evening, that they need Jesus. They need to come to that light and be saved in that light of Christ and his word. We praise you, Lord. Thank you for my church. I pray again for my pastor as he's away, Lord. Let him bear witness of that light with all the brethren and sisters that have gone uh, to Poland and also Amsterdam as well. Lord. Please please bless the, 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 the gospel, Lord, there. and Let them be lights to bring people out of darkness into your marvelous light, we pray. Jesus, you are marvelous, and we thank you and praise you. May you bless this church, and may we, as we go our separate ways, may we not be forgetful hearers of your word this evening, but let us be doers of your word, Lord, doers of your work and word. In Jesus' name, we praise you and thank you. Amen.